Hey friends, before we get into this week's episode, if you're in the Austin area, I would like to invite you to my upcoming socially distant outdoor yoga event, Yin Yoga and Healing Harp at Tree Garden. The event will be held on Sunday, April 18th, 2021 from 4 to 5.30 p.m. If you haven't yet been to Tree Garden, just know that it is a beautiful outdoor space located on the east side of Austin, and it is nestled in nature. Talented musician Andrea Cortez of Mind Body Music Center will be playing the harp as I teach restorative yin yoga. It will be a relaxing afternoon to remember. You can check out the event link in the show notes. Please reserve your spot as space is limited. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome, friends, to the Yoga and Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Weber, a yoga and Pilates teacher who is living and learning every day here in beautiful Austin, Texas. And I am just so very curious about all things yoga and. And if this is your first time joining us, well, welcome. This podcast is an invitation to open up the aperture to how we might view yoga. Is it possible that yoga is more than something that you do? on a piece of rubber, but could it be infused into other areas of our lives? This show is also a celebration for the hardworking people in the mind-body community who are being of service and are contributing to the world in creative and innovative ways. Today, we will explore the subject of yoga and divination with yoga teacher, tarot, oracle card reader, and beautiful soul, Lauren Luther. She will share with us her approach to card reading to non-believers, and we'll also delve into some of the parallels between tarot cards and practicing yoga. Whether you're just beginning to pick up a tarot deck or a seasoned pro, this conversation takes a few twists and turns along the way, and I know there's something in it for everybody. That being said, let's sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode, y'all. Joining us on today's episode is yoga teacher and tarot oracle card reader and my friend, Lauren Luther. Hey, Lauren, how are you? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm super excited. Yeah, I'm so I'm I'm so thrilled to have you on. I've had you read my cards before, and you're such an intuitive reader. You're an intuitive person. I know that, and um, and I've just been blown away by your talent. And so today's about uh, sharing sharing this talent and how it relates to yoga. Would you care to introduce yourself just a little bit more? Tell me who you are, what you're about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think, I think for this podcast, I'd love to introduce myself as a highly sensitive person, um, someone who feels things very deeply and feels a deep inner world and connection to spirit. So um, 
on top of that, I am a yoga teacher and I am a tarot and oracle card reader. So, nice. Yeah. I, I feel you with the highly sensitive and the empathic person. And I, I told you earlier, for the first 30 years of my life, I didn't know that about myself. And I just thought I was an alien. And mm-hmm. highly sensitive people need each other. It's a lens that you look through the world. Only 20% of us in the population roughly are that. So we're kind of a rare a rare bird. So, uh, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad to know you. Um, thank you. You too. (laughs) So tell me more about how yoga practices show up in your own life. I do practice yoga every single day. Um, it, it's what makes me feel like a human being. Most of the time it helps me get into my body. Um, I do live in my head a lot. And so whenever I practice yoga, I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember the bottoms of my feet or you know so it's a it's a great way for me to get grounded and um yeah I started practicing back in high school when I needed the most probably um started practicing at the rec center with my mom and uh yeah it just evolved into uh, a daily practice at this point and then Actually, when I met you, I was working at a yoga studio at the front desk, and that's when I started to understand like how deep you can dive into the practice of yoga, the eight limbs, the pranayama, the um, mudra, mantra, all of that was incorporated at that point, and I just fell in love. Mm. You know what? I, I have a very parallel experience. Uh, we both worked at Yoga Yoga, Rest in Peace Yoga Yoga, and that's where I finally learned that I was highly sensitive, empathic, and it was only through yoga is what, like you said, your lifeline. Yes, I, I agree that that was my lifeline in, in like taking care of myself in that way for someone who's sensitive. Um, so yeah. It was, it was fate that we all met there, I think. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So what is, what is the difference between tarot cards and oracle cards? Good question. So tarot cards, they have been around since the Renaissance period. And um, they started out as a card game, actually. So I don't know if there was any divination going on back then. It's not known, but um, these cards kind of developed and it evolved into this deck that we use today. And it's all based on archetypes of everyday life. Mm. And it's always going to be the same 78 cards per deck. They can change here and there, but basically they're the same cards. So whenever you move over to Oracle cards, there's a little bit more freedom. Um, I would not necessarily more artistry, but more like um, liberty to impose messages on these cards and be able to use your intuition in a different way. So there's no real rules for Oracle cards. They can be anything. And tarot is pretty standard. There's 78 and they mean similar things. Mm. And is it true that there's 78 archetypes or are there, because there's larger arcana, greater arcana, lesser arcana. Would you care to like delve into that a little deeper? So, so 22 of the cards are the major arcana and those are the archetype cards. So you've got like the emperor, you've got the high priestess, um, the death card, which everyone's always kind of ooh about. Um, (laughs) And then you've also got these other cards. They're more like the suits. So you've got the um, 
the wands, which is kind of fiery energy. You've got the swords, which is intellect. The pentacles is material. And then the cups is emotional. And so you've got those suits and then each of the numbers mean something different. Okay. And then I'm just going to ask you more because I'm personally just interested. The different suits, the swords, the pinnacles, the wands, the missing the last one. The cups, yeah. Cups. What is it? The pinnacles, they mean money. Well, the cups mean emotions. Like, could you kind of categorize those? Yeah, that's that's right. Um, So if you were thinking, I also kind of combine astrology and tarot together. And I think a lot of people are able to make that connection. So um, if you think like the fire signs are the passionate, the ones who are self-starters, that's going to be your wand energy. Mm -hmm. If you think like your water signs, your emotional beings, the sensitive people, Pisces, you know, Scorpio and Cancer, that's going to be the cups. Um, representing the deep emotions, the human connections you make with others. Um, when you go to the swords, that's your air signs. So uh-huh. Libra, Gemini, Aquarius yes. mm-hmm. uh, represent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's all about um, mental. And a lot of the sword cards can be kind of harsh because it is about like, like, for example, the eight of swords is about creating a mental prison for yourself or the four of swords, meaning you really need to take a step back and reassess your mental health. Um, and then the pinnacles, yeah, you got that uh, exactly right. It's all about material wealth, the physical world. That would well, be the earth, earth, earth sign over here. So nice. I'm biased. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you start out on your journey of card reading? That's a great question. And I actually don't really remember. Um, it kind of, like I said, I think I started with astrology and then tarot was a natural, like it just followed suit that I would start to look into tarot. Um, I was in my early twenties when I was really involved or like interested in like devouring everything I could about the occult sciences, astrology. And then, yeah, so tarot was one of those things. Cool. Mm-hmm. I know I didn't write this in the notes, but could you define the word divination? Because it's not a word I come across regularly, even though what it means is actually kind of what my life has become (laughs) Um, or my interests have become. But um, would you care to just kind of define that? Let's see, divination. I think of it as like a connection with spirit whatever that means for the person doing the divining, um, your higher self, your guides, your angels, God, you know, all of these things. Um, Being able to use physical tools or just purely your own intuition to get messages and to connect and to be able to use those messages in your everyday life. Mm, I like that. I like that a lot. And I, I really resonate with that. I feel like I have been practicing that and never knew didn't know the word until you brought it up the other day. So thank you. What are benefits that one can get from these tarot oracle readings? So I like to think of these readings as um, reminders about what you already know. What you already know to be true and that may be covered up. You use the word blind spot a lot and I really like that. 
being able to look at this card and be like, oh, yes, now I remember there's like this aspect of myself that I'm not dealing with. And that could be causing this kind of problem in my outer world. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, whenever I need a little bit of a inspiration boost to pick me up or just some clear guidance, um, if I'm tuned in, if I'm tapped into my intuition, I can sit down and I can kind of create an experience with you know, I think of it as my higher self, um, create an experience with my higher self and get a little bit more information that I'm not seeing clearly, but I already know to be true in my heart. Mm. And I love that is a very empowering interpretation of use of the cards because it's, you already know the stuff, you're just being reminded and it's connecting you. Because if you think about why we wouldn't be connected to our higher self, I mean, look out in the world, like there's so much going on all the time. We're in this information age. It's easy to get overstimulated and to lose sight of your, your, the internal, whatever you call it, truth or your authenticity. And so it's, I like, I mean, it totally makes sense. Like you're um, using these cards as a tool to remember who you are. And I think that's empowering to note because if we use the cards because we have no idea who we are and we're looking outside of us to find the answer, you're not going to find the answer. It doesn't work. I can attest to that. It definitely does not work if you're just like <laughs> desperately seeking some kind of answer to your problem. You have to go out and you have to experience what you need to experience. Mm-hmm. And life, yeah, these cards aren't going to tell you everything. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I love how you're not like when you say that, it's like you're giving the power to yourself, not to the cards. The cards are just a tool to help you. All right. So how exactly are these card readings related to yoga in your experience? Yeah. So just um, some similarities between the two, I would say is it's almost like a sacred ritual Mm. when I do practice with my cards. It's almost or it is similar to when I practice asana or meditation. Yeah, and setting up that sacred space, like going to a studio and wanting to be in an area that feels um, cleansed. So I like to cleanse my space whenever I do my readings. It's similar in that regard. And also I recognize that a lot of the different decks that I have coming from all kinds of mythology, astrology, um, philosophies, They're all different, but they all kind of come back to a similar set of moral standards to live by, which is also similar to like the yamas and the the niyamas. Oh, well, I love how you said how your cards are related to mythology, astrology, Mm -hmm. philosophy. Well, yoga, you know, over here, philosophy, mythology. And astrology, if you want to talk about like in terms of Vedic, you know, Vedic is a sister science. Vedic astrology is a sister science of yoga. Mm -hmm. So quite parallel um, in that way. But I I like the sacred ritual aspect. So you kind of touched on this, but more specifically, what rituals do you practice before giving a reading? You mentioned clearing the space energetically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm the kind of person who likes variety, and that's also true with my, you know, spiritual practices. So one day I might be doing like tapping. Have you done EFT tapping? I have, and I'm not completely sold on it. 
but but to be fair, I don't know anything about it. I don't know okay. anything about it. If I learned about it, I would be open to it. And, and but I I just haven't experienced it enough in my body to speak to it. Yeah. So, so it's one of those things that works for me, whether it be placebo or you know science. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, so I might do that one day. I might um, I might dance around, listen to pop music one day. I might like. <laughs> Sometimes it's very spiritual, sometimes it's secular, but it's always going to be clearing my energy so that I can be open to like other people's energy if I'm doing a reading for them. Mm. So get yourself centered first in whatever way your body needs on that given day. Yeah. Yeah. And that could look different because we're different every day. Yeah. Somewhat recently, I got a tarot oracle card reading from my friend Lauren. She has been studying tarot for a few years now and feels like it's her true calling in life. And I would have to agree with that. She is looking to gain more practice in reading for others. So she has generously offered to the first 22 listeners, that's you guys, pro bono tarot and oracle card readings. You can connect with Lauren in the show notes uh, to take full advantage of this really nice offer. I love my reading with her. She is truly gifted. And my favorite question to ask for readings is, what is my blind spot? And I'm always surprised by the answer. Do yourself a favor and schedule with Lauren today. She is a talented, up-and-coming tarot oracle card reader. I know you're going to love her. Link to connect with her is in the show notes. How do you navigate reading to the skeptics or non-believers? If someone would come to me and wanted a reading, but they were skeptical about it, I think I would offer it as more of an entertainment experience and kind of just let them know that I, I too am a skeptic in some ways. I stay open to all possibilities. Um, and just to see if we could like have a little bit of fun with it, open their mind a little bit to where I could pull some cards and maybe make some connections with um, their reading. So kind of kind of tongue in cheek, like they're, you know, they're not taking it that seriously. So you're not going to take it that seriously, but it's kind yeah. of like a reading, a card reading light. Yeah, for sure. And I would, I would, probably use more secular terms for that person um, but I'd throw in little bits of woo-woo here and there just to just to see how they would react to it it'd be playful yeah have, have you have you had much of these readings because I know I, I happen to know you and where you live and you live right. in a more rural area has, has it been has it been an interesting transition from once being in liberal Austin to now right. a small Texas town Absolutely. Um, and I haven't, I'm a new tarot reader, so I haven't been doing this for too long, but um, I would say about half of my um, readings that I've done have been for people who are skeptical, um, at least a little bit. And that does come from where I live currently, um, kind of outside of where 
new age, I put quotations around that, um, spiritual beliefs aren't thought highly of necessarily. Let's just say you live, you live in the Bible Belt area. Bible Belt, right? Right. I mean, exactly. yeah, yeah. So, so um, if people are open to it, then I am able to, I have surprised some people with, you know, them being like, oh, how, how did you know that? It's like, oh, I didn't know that, but um, yeah, it's kind of here. <laughs> and, and you've read my cards and I, I can attest you are very intuitive. And um, so, yeah, I mean, you definitely have a gift. So I could totally see people being like, wait, how did she know that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. There's a book, uh, there's a book called the Edison gene. I don't know if you've heard of it, but, um, there's, there's a lot to this book. There's like so many, but I'll just say this one piece. Um, there, there's like a, a tribe, this scientist was going to see, and they, they would have a dream the night before when the scientists would come to the land and they would just meet them, um, at, at the same place at different times. Cause they would have these dreams they're highly intuitive is, is the point I'm trying to make. And I mean, it's real. Like it, it, it is real. There is, there is record of, you know, these intuitive um, instances, you know, in, in our, in our lives. So mm-hmm. why not cultivate it? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like you were saying in the busy, busy world, it tends to shut off our intuition. So any way mm-hmm. to connect with that, I think is a good thing. So Lauren, what role does card reading for yourself play in your own life? I read for myself almost every day, probably. And I notice sometimes, um, you know, it's like I usually will intuit also like when I need to do a reading for myself. So whenever I'm doing it out of, you know, a sense of desperation or maybe I'm stressed out about something, I go and sit down and try to get some answers. Like I said earlier, it just doesn't work that way. So mm-hmm. I'll have to go and I'll do yoga and I'll talk to a friend or go on a hike or live my life and then come back. And it's kind of also a tool for reflection for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to ask questions like, what was this experience meant for? Like, um, how is this experience related to my dharma? I'm a big life purpose person um, at the moment, so kind of relating to that and just using it as a tool to go within and reflect on my life each and every day or every couple of days. It's really helpful. I I usually leave feeling quite inspired and empowered to be bolder and, and active in life. And I love how you're saying when, you know, you don't force it, you don't rush it. There's not a desperation behind it, or you're not going to get anything if that energy is there with your cards and how it's, it's not exactly a magic eight ball. Like you shake it at any time and you get an answer. Like there, there's a certain amount of, I mean, it's, it's connecting to the divine. So it's, it's not an on-demand answer call center. All right. It's, it's um, okay. You know, there's appropriate times to use the cards when you're centered, you've already gone inward and then there's not appropriate times. And I think that's really important to highlight because um, there's a certain amount of respect uh, you're highlighting um, that you, that, that is essential for using, working with these cards. Um, Okay. 
what advice do you give to those who would like to take a leap into card reading, such as myself? I'm asking mm -hmm. selfishly, um, but not really sure where to begin. What are some resources that you recommend? Yes, I totally recommend if anyone is interested to go for it. It's been so awesome for my spiritual journey. So uh, first thing I would say is just get yourself a deck and um, pull a card from that deck every day. Just have like a card of the day and mm -hmm. learn about what it means. You can get your own like book with tarot meanings. I personally just like go on the internet and I read the top three websites and their meanings. So I can get a little bit of um, variation in the answers, but yeah, pulling a card every day and then just kind of going throughout your day and then it almost weaves a theme into your day, whatever the meaning of the card was. Mm. Um, yeah, so definitely get yourself a deck. So it creates an awareness, um, an aware and an idea of a, a focal point, and then you can start to maybe see see it how how that idea manifest throughout your day yeah oh that's yeah. that's like a yoga class <laughs> exactly and it's one thing to like get the information but it's the other thing to experience the the feeling of whatever that idea or the archetype was that you pulled mm. you know I've had experiences where I like hang out with friends during the full moon this is before COVID and like we'll pull a card and oh it's so it's almost like a slumber party vibe yeah yeah for um, sure <laughs> But you know what I find so funny is every now and then you get the card you don't want to get. You get oh, yeah. that card where you're like, ooh, I don't want to work on myself today, but here, here's that card. Yeah. Is that a card like that for you in particular? I'm just curious. Yeah, absolutely. And it will be like the card that comes up the most often. And it's just like, oh my God, okay, I get it. Um, yeah, I would say that for me, it would be the Eight of Swords, at least for the past couple of years. I think I'm actually moving out of that energy, which is great. Good. Um, of Swords is all about self-limiting beliefs and um, being too critical of yourself. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's one in the tarot. And um, if I go and like, I have a lot of different Oracle decks and I realize like um, I'm pulling cards for myself, you know, maybe once a day or every other day. And I'm not even seeing like half of the deck because I'm getting the same cards because that's what I need. It's really weird. <laughs> that's cool. I really like that. Yeah. So is it true that I've, I've heard from people, I've heard a few things about getting your own deck. So if it's cold, if it's like cold to the touch, you shouldn't, that's not a good deck for you. And then also you need to be gifted a deck of cards. You can't just buy it online or official. Right. Is that an old wives tale or? Um, so in my experience, I have always bought my own decks um, and in my experience, yeah, I get insights from the cards just as if someone had given them to me. I don't really, no, I don't really subscribe to that belief, but I do understand why people, or, or if someone did give you a deck, why that energy would be like really positive every time you used it because everyone likes getting gifts. So I get where it comes from. So it's more like if you happen to get a deck, it's going to have good vibes and that that's like uh, a little bit sweeter than just, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the cherry on top of the Sunday, if you will. Is, I think that would be true. Um, 
So yeah, in my opinion, the answer would be you can buy your own deck and it will probably still work for you as long as you feel like empowered picking the deck that you think is cool. And then I found it empowering just buying myself the, a gift. So it's like a yeah. gift. Well, I mean, we're in we're in the modern day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like Here we are. <laughs> we're not like, yeah. I mean, we being being independent females, we can buy our own mm-hmm. decks now. <laughs> So um, I happen to love your YouTube channel that you recently started. What was that like for you to start your first YouTube channel? Or I don't know, I assume it's your first. um, And put your card readings out there for the world to see. So um, I'm a huge fan of YouTube. Like, I love YouTube. I do too. I've been watching for 10 years, um, like almost every day. And I've always wanted to create a channel of my own, and I just never did it. It was always in the back of my mind to do it. So actually doing it and posting a video, um, which is a pick a card reading, which is like a general tarot card reading um, for like whoever watches it. Um, Putting that out there was like a huge step for me. I was like so proud of putting my little thumbnail and my little intro music. I got off an app, a free app on my iPhone, so... (laughs) It was awesome. It felt so good. Um, And I'm excited to keep just creating content and seeing where it takes me. Yeah. I'm looking forward to see where, 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 where you'll be a year from now with YouTube and in your work as a card reader. What are you curious about these days? And it could be related to tarot Oracle, or it could be just something totally just separate in your life that you're interested Um, I'm curious about, kind of related to tarot and astrology, is, uh, have you heard of human design? No, I don't know anything about it. Okay, it's like, it's like astrology on steroids a little bit. Ooh. (laughs) It's like astrology and I Ching were combined by this dude, and I forget his name, and um, he, it's just a little bit more in depth, and I have a friend who's into it, um, Jessica St. Clair. You might remember her. Oh, yeah, I know her. Yeah, I don't know her well, but I'm Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, she's been into it and um, kind of sharing some information with me about it. And it's like really wildly accurate and interesting. So it's just like a, that's, um, yeah, another practice I could dive into forever. Cool. (laughs) I mean, this is brand new. I've never heard of it. I'm going to have to look into it after this. Yeah, um, and then another thing I'm interested in is um, kundalini yoga. Mm-hmm. I haven't been practicing it for a while, and I got into it again recently, and it's been really helpful. Mm. It's the, what is it, the the yoga that gets you high. The right. yoga light. Right, so have you done kundalini? Mm-hmm. I do love it. Uh, Tej Arvid. I used to take her classes at Sanctuary Yoga before the pandemic. And um, I would, it was so funny as I take her class right before I taught my class. And Mm. I was so yoga stoned during my class, teaching my class. My my voice got real soft and, you know, I just. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Not myself. It was awesome. Um, And then, and then, you know, circumstances changed and then I could no longer take it. But, um, but I do love Kundalini. I used to take Guru Don's class. I never had the opportunity to take um, from them, but yeah, yeah. 
Cool. So how do you reset personally? And I know you work a lot. So what, what are your tools for resetting? Yeah, so resetting for me um, <laughs> is usually clearing my schedule for the day and doing whatever I want, basically. <laughs> like kind of just going at the flow and being spontaneous to shake it up. Mm-hmm. If I've got, um, if I'm teaching a lot of yoga, I'll need to practice yoga, have someone else lead me through a practice. So taking a yoga class is one of my favorite things to do. Um, And then cooking, cooking is another answer. (laughs) I love cooking too. Yeah. Basically everything you named, I, I'm, I'm, I jive with, I, would you care to partake in a new segment on this show called rapid fire? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, (laughs) credit for this um my friend hannah at get well soon with hannah um pod fellow podcaster uh, i'm taking this from her so she gets full credit for this but basically how rapid fire works is i rapidly ask you a bunch of questions and then you answer them basically without thinking and it's really fun let's do it all right ready (laughs) favorite color purple Favorite restaurant? Ooh, Casa de Luz in Austin. Oh, yes. Same. Yes, yes, yes. Favorite pop culture celeb? Oh, that one's easy. It's Taylor Swift. Wow. Okay. Favorite, <laughs> favorite, <laughs> favorite animal? My favorite animal is my dog Buster and then otters as well. Oh, my gosh. Otters. Yeah. They're pretty <laughs> favorite song? Ooh, uh, that would be Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles. Oh, I like how I'm going, oh. Oh, that's a good one. Well, you never know. You know, it could be anything. It could be Slipknot or something and, you know. <laughs> uh, favorite movie? Oh, yeah. Favorite movie, it's got to be Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Ratatouille by Pixar. <laughs> <laughs> favorite season? season. Ooh, uh, I'm a summer girl. Texas summer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. I am not a Texas summer girl. (laughs) Pretty extreme. (laughs) Favorite holiday? Christmas. Yeah. Mm. Favorite accessory? Mm. Probably my earrings. Earrings. Favorite yoga pose? Child's pose. All day, every day. Okay. (laughs) Um, I think that's all we have in this brain. oh so fun so fun to have you on um where can people where can we find you they can find me i'm i just started a new youtube channel it's called soul damn good so youtube.com soul damn good that's a brand i'm uh i'm uh, launching this brand um coming soon so also my email address soul damn good at gmail.com nice and if you'd like to book a reading with me i'd be so happy to do that and you can contact me there i love it soul damn good that is a damn good name and there's something about it that it it just i don't know maybe it's because i know you but there's something like texas woman Mm -hmm. about like i is it the word damn i don't know but i love (laughs) i love it and i'm a little jealous i didn't come up with it myself oh good Um, (laughs) that's good (laughs) 
I mean, I think I think jealousy is a good emotion. I think it tells you what you want, right? And I think jealousy. I think that too. That'd be a good topic one day. Actually, yeah. I in yeah, and even anger, anger. You know, it, it moves energy. Oh, so, yeah. All right. Well. Um, Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be on the show. It was such a fun time to have you on and ask you all these questions. And I hope to have you back soon. Amazing. Thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And all of Lauren's links are in the show notes. So you're just one click away from connecting with her. And I suggest that you do. All right, Lauren, have a great day. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode about yoga and divination with the knowledgeable Lauren Luther. All of Lauren's links are in the show notes, so you're just one click away from connecting with her. And as mentioned earlier in this episode, she has generously offered a free reading to the first 22 listeners, and I highly recommend that you take advantage of that. It's a win-win-win. You can actively practice the art of receptivity, receiving this free reading while getting some clarity about your future. And she gets even more experience in practicing her craft. If you liked what you heard, please share the show with your friends. Word of mouth is the best way, the most organic way to stretch the show out to new listeners. Please consider joining our yoga and podcast Patreon. They're great member perks such as shout outs on the show, live virtual yin yoga taught by yours truly. We also send you podcast stickers and a love note in the mail when you sign up and you can find out that info in the show notes too. If you would like to help the podcast, please leave us a glowing five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. Let us know if you would like to be on our show or if you have any specific topics or guest requests for future episodes. Our email is yogaandpodcast at gmail. The and is spelled out y-o-g-a-a-n-d podcast at gmail and please follow us on instagram our handle is also yoga and podcast the theme song is performed by ali holder sound engineering and mixing by bentley the cat guest booking and social media by chloe the kitty Remember that this podcast is for absolutely everyone. If you are a human living on planet Earth, you might benefit from listening to Yoga and Podcast. See you next week. <laughs>